The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. You're live on the thinking point, on the talking point rather. Let's get straight into our thinking point. We're looking at the nomination process that is kicking off uh, for the branches of the ANC. This is uh, for uh, ahead of that elective conference in December. Rabone Tao is a political analyst, author, research fellow at the Institute for Pan-African Thought and Conversation. Rabone, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning to the listeners. So the merry-go-round has officially been switched on yet again. Uh, Lots of attention, at least we're expecting to be paid to uh, this process of nominations, especially who these branches are going to nominate to the top structures of the ANC. And, you know, one of the questions I've, I've really been thinking about is, This is a process that is centered within the branches of the ANC, but yet we know that there is a lot of interest from ordinary South Africans about how this process unfolds and also what the implications of this process are going to be. So how do ordinary South Africans begin to have an influence on the decisions that are made by the branches? And is it even a realistic or reasonable expectation to have? Raboni? Hi, Kathy. Um, there was something wrong with the network. I lost you there. <laughs> oh, oh, oh so, so, sorry about that. So, so what yeah. I was asking is the influence that South Africans have on the branches of the ANC as they undertake this process is... Is there any kind of influence that, let's say, an opinion like an ordinary member, an ordinary vote of this country would have because this is a process that is centralized in the organization? Um, I think one must start by saying, I mean, if you go and listen to speeches by whether the president or you can go back as to 2017, you know, 2007, the ANC is with its branches, you know that is functional and so forth. So it becomes very difficult how do uh, members of society influence that process when the ANC itself, uh, some can say that uh, money is used to buy, <laughs> the ANC itself has admitted to buy votes, you know, it is on conferences, you know. So it becomes difficult how does one uh, as a member of society influence um, the discussion going to this conference or in terms of what type of leader should emerge in December. Do you think the branches are as concerned about what the 2024 elections will look like as perhaps some of the members of the party at a senior level, at least those that have been looking at the research that are seeing, you know, the growing levels of mistrust in the ANC, the need for the organization to renew itself? I think it should be a great concern for for, for the the reason being branches, you must remember that um, there was still every ward in this country. And we have seen, for an example, a decline, you know, in terms of the voter turnout, you know. We can go, for example, in Soweto. Soweto has become a biggest headache for the ANC into Johannesburg, where people 
did not go in numbers out to go and vote. You know, we can look at whether in Tuan or in Ekron, where, where, where especially the municipalities where they, they were hanging after, hanging after elections. So that means that these branches themselves, but the problem is that they themselves are dysfunctional, the branches, you know. So the type of quality of members that the ANC has got at branch level is something that even Tabombeki has spoken about, you know, the issue of what kind of members has the ANC had over the years, you know. So you have people who have joined the ANC because they want to benefit. You have people who have joined the ANC because they are just supporters of friends, but they're not catered of the protest movement of Tambo. Are we going to and likely going to see a female candidate for the position of a party president? I think, as things stand, we know that uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Andamini Zuma, who was contesting in 2017, has also said that she will be contesting at this conference. We know that uh, we've been seeing also Lindu Sisulu, you know, with her campaign across the country, campaigning, you know. Uh, but also in the presidency, not only presidential, you have also a minister, uh, what, Kenzano Kubai, who's also contesting for deputy president. So in the presidency right now, you've got two, three women who, uh, who have said they're putting their head in. But this is going to be a very interesting conference. And why I say that, you look at in 2017, the Women's League under the leadership of Batabula Jamin, the former president, was very central in the campaign of Dr. Jamin Zuma at the time. And that NEC has been disbanded. Uh, PECs that served under that NEC have also been disbanded. And currently, the person leading that uh, 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 task team of the Women's League, you have people like um, uh, Balek Ambete, who uh, on the eve of conference in 2017, if you can recall, she then said she's uh, behind President Ramaphosa, she's in support, uh, Dr. Lamini Zuma, you've got the coordinator of the Women's League, who is currently the advisor of the president on foreign affairs. So it's clear that the Women's League will be behind President Ramaphosa. And these women are going to find it difficult if they don't have that support of the women's league going to this conference in December. Ribone, do you think that's how things are going to play out? That the same women's league that, you know, just a, a couple of months ago at the policy conference was emphasizing the need for women to take up senior positions in the party would, despite having potential female candidates, not support those candidates? Uh, it won't happen, you know. To this morning, I was just talking to someone, and they were saying to me, "It seems like the women's league right now is saying that they will focus more on anyone who is contesting in the secretariat, a woman they will support." You know, so that is very interesting. They are saying that um, from the person that I spoke to, that they have the women's league currently has got no interest in terms of the presidency uh, supporting any woman. So. This is, this is, I mean, I mean, if, 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 as I say, if you look at the women's league currently, it's aligned to President Ramaphosa. So their priority will be President Ramaphosa more than anything. Interesting views this morning uh, in this piece by in the Citizen that I came across. They spoke to Dr. George Zibani, who says that he believes, um, you know, the ANC should not only elect one woman to the party's top positions, but two. And his candidates are for President Pumzile Mlambo Nguka and for Deputy Dr. Nkosazana Dlamini Zuma. I think if you look at also 
um, in 2012, we had two women who were elected in the top six. And 2017, only one woman was elected in the top six. And definitely at this conference, the ANC will really have to um, elect probably three or two women in the top six. You know, if they are serious about issues of gender, you know, that there is patriarchy, that there are non sexist organization. With Mampum Zilem Lambunguka, I really don't know. Um, but w- one thing is that um, I don't think that branches of the ANC will consider her, you know, um, um, to lead uh, at that level. Why, why not? Because uh, this is somebody who, at least for the last couple of months since uh, she's been back from the United Nations, has been involved in various events across the country. In fact, some people asking and questioning if um, this is a lead up to a campaign of sorts. She has, of course, publicly said no, but you don't know if that could change. I mean, as I indicated earlier, Kate, there's a lot of money used in the processes. And without that money being thrown at this, uh, whether branch members or regional leaders of the ANC, you're not going to see the light of day. You know, today we know of the CR17 files that have been sealed because of the money that was used. And not only President Ramaphosa is the only one who used money in 2017, all the other candidates used money, you see. So, and, and, and you're not talking about uh, normal branches of the ANC, because if you had normal branches of the ANC, you'd not even talk, be talking about money. It would be about merit, about the kind of leader that they think that will lead based on merit, not because someone's got more money than the other. So, as far as you're concerned then, Riboni, there is no level of meritocracy that is, um, that, that, that becomes a factor when it comes to this process of nominations. If anything, um, the process is anything, you know, it's not reflective of an individual's capabilities. No, absolutely. I mean, but we'll see, because if you look at uh, now the rules um, that have been uh, made public uh, to members of the ANC, I think on the 15th of last month, those rules at least are saying that all the candidates who will, who will reach threshold must submit also their CVs. So, our, so it will be very interesting to see um, in terms of the consolidation after the CVs have been submitted, if some will be considered or some will be told that they will have to withdraw their nomination. All right. Rubonitao, we're going to leave it there for this morning. She is a political analyst.